I believe we are all hardwired to be creative. And the thing that makes us uniquely human is our creativity. Welcome to The Spark with Coco the Inspirationist. Join me for conversations with inspiring humans tapped into their creativity and solo chats as I get to know my own. Whether you're looking to spark inspiration, reconnect with your inner creative, or you're just starting to get to know your creative self, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Spark. Welcome to The Spark with me, Coco the Inspirationist. This is episode one, and for me, this first episode is super important. You see, before I fold another podcast into my library, into my headspace, before I subscribe, and before I tune in regularly, I want to get to know this person that's going to be in my earbud. I love podcasts. I'm positive they have changed the trajectory of my life. They teach me lessons, tell me stories, spark my creativity, and help me connect deeper with myself and other humans. But I don't just sit around and listen to a podcast. We're doing laundry together, driving somewhere, creating hiking trails on my property, painting, drawing, unloading the dishwasher, showering, cooking. We do so much of life's minutiae together. And when I take on another person into my life, it's a big deal. I care deeply about what I spend my time consuming, and I need it to bring me joy or growth or both. And that is why this episode is so important to me. Before we start, before I can assume you're subscribing, before you're sharing and reviewing, before I'm in the fold of your podcast library, before anything else, I want you to start here. Kind of like reading the jacket of an album. Let's get to know each other. Let's get to know who I am, what my mission is, what exactly we're doing here, and how I got right here, right now, with you. Okay. Before we start, let me paint a picture for you. There's this magical place called Kripalu. It's in the Berkshires, and it used to be an old monastery. It's now an incredible world-renowned yoga training school and retreat space. Along with amazing speakers and incredible programming, they offer R&R packages where you can come literally any day by yourself, stay for as long as you'd like, and there is beautiful yoga and self-deepening practices from sunrise to sunset. There's an amazing cafeteria that serves the most nourishing food, and tea is available all day. There is a vibration of loving kindness swirling through the entire property that I've never experienced. A collective honoring of our needs and desires, filling our minds, bodies, and souls with just what we need to feel whole again. There is an overwhelming feeling of openness and expansion as every soul there is on a path of reaching for alignment. Okay, stay with me. I'm setting the stage. Are you here? We grab a cup of tea, a couple blankets, and go sit in the sun on the back lawn. 
The sky is a perfectly saturated cornflower blue, and I'm not sure the lake could be any more sparkly. The thick Kelly green lawn beckons to us like it's waving us over to the perfect spot. We settle and the sun envelops us in a golden warmth. Let's get to know each other, shall we? I'm Coco Walsh. I'm actually Courtney Walsh, but I'm choosing to go by Coco. I'll explain later. I'm a self-taught, multi-passionate creative, a mama of two little boys, a Coast Guard wife, a daughter, a sister, cousin, niece, friend. I call myself Coco the Inspirationist because when I ask myself what's the thing, the golden thread through my whole life's journey to this moment, what's the thing everyone always says? You're inspiring. And that's always felt so perplexing to me. Me? Inspiring? I'm not doing anything prolifically. I didn't go to art school. I don't have a bigger plan. I'm just doing and creating when I feel the desire. And I teach myself the things I want to know as I go. It's only recently that I've fully opened up my heart to the concept of being a multi-passionate person really allowing it in and letting it wash over me. Marie Forleo unlocked something in me when she coined the term multi-passionate in her book Everything is Figureoutable. It's a great read and an even better listen. I'll link it in the show notes. And because of it, because of those 15 letters arranged in just the right way with that nice little hyphen in between, I'm cracked wide open. I'm fully, completely on board with this definition of me. I used to feel conflicted with all the things I wanted to do and felt shame around not picking just one thing and sticking with it. But now I'm finally proud of being this way. It feels incredible to have the words that fit me so perfectly and feel like only now am I shining my light fully. Growing up, I had a great aunt, like a great aunt, not, not an aunt, a great aunt, who was also great, who was a professional watercolor artist. She was prolific. Her style was totally dialed in, and she had her work hanging on all the walls throughout all the homes in my family. But she died when I was seven or eight, and even though I can remember doing a bit of painting with her, I never got to see the behind the scenes. None of the messy middle or the bad first drafts. Just the incredible paintings along with the same cream mat and thin gold frame, which unintentionally programmed me to think that I just had to pick one thing and do it well for the rest of my life. And because I couldn't stay interested in one thing and stick with it over and over and over again, that somehow I wasn't a real artist. I was a crafter, yes, artsy-fartsy, as my mom would say, but not a capital A artist, and certainly not one making a career out of it. And then, something shifted. My dad was very sick with liver disease, and my mom was very sick with the stress of my dad's illness. I had two tiny humans I was nursing and wearing and taking care of full-time. I was a military wife holding down the house while my husband was underway, and I needed an outlet 
a place to smooth out the edges of my frayed, stressed-out soul. That's when I turn to my creativity. To nurture my aching heart, to settle my anxious mind, to reconnect with myself and try to remember what it's like to just be me, to tend to only my needs, even for a handful of minutes. And that's where letters really started to become the thing that delighted me the most. I would letter a phrase I needed to hear, like, here we go again, or make a little art every day. I didn't even know hand lettering was a thing until I fell down the rabbit hole on Instagram. Oh, and what a beautiful community I stumbled into. Men and women building businesses around their craft and insane talent. I filled my feed with the most incredible people and practiced and practiced. I made work. I hung it on my walls. I created pieces that would inspire me to grow. So when I walked past them on the way to the kitchen or getting dressed in the morning, I was reminded to stretch and reach. And I knew I'd never felt this way before about any other creative work I'd pursued. So I set off on a quest to learn the things I needed to learn to make the art I wanted to make. And hold on, I want to close the loop. My dad is doing great. He had to get very, very sick before getting his transplant, but he got it at the last minute. And he's here living his bonus life, being the best grandfather to my kids and my biggest fan. Hi, Dad. Right before I shifted into creative alignment, before I devoted all my spare pockets of time to learning hand lettering, I felt myself approach a threshold. Like wearing shoes that no longer fit, I felt restless and uncomfortable. I was always creating, making, and designing for myself, following inspiration and flowing from one project to the next, but never consistently earning money and felt embarrassed when I was asked, what do you do? It always came out as a jumbled, nervous mess. I'm a stay-at-home mama, but, but I love interior design, and oh, I can watercolor, and, and I do this and that, and I'm working on this. I always left the conversation feeling disappointed in myself. I knew I was talented, but I didn't have the gift of knowing the word multi-passionate yet, or the confidence that came with it. I needed a reframe. I wanted to feel confident and proud. And just like that, on the first day of 2017, as I sipped my coffee, I had a bright, fiery spark of inspiration. I decided right there in that moment I would set a resolution. Not to lose weight or restrict myself in some way, but rather to evolve. To unabashedly call myself an artist. When someone would ask me what I did, I promised myself I would confidently lead with, I'm an artist. Full stop. Because yes, I was a stay-at-home mom, yes, I was a military wife, but I first wanted to identify with being an artist. I felt this deep desire to honor my creative self, even if I couldn't put the words around it just yet. I committed to separating out the notion that being an artist meant I needed to be compensated for it, 
so I decided to take money out of it entirely. I rearranged it in my brain and gave myself permission to just be. To own it, to soak it in, and to actively rewire how I saw myself. I figured that if I practiced calling myself an artist enough times, over and over again without any feelings of lack or shame, then eventually I'd believe it. Eventually I would be it. That spark, that download, that idea to reclaim and redefine the word artist changed the trajectory of my life. It set all of this into motion. It was the tiny, seemingly insignificant snowball at the top of the hill. It showed me just how powerful the words we speak about ourselves truly are. It set me on a journey. And it's brought me here to you. One word. One tiny shift that made all the difference. We're a Coast Guard family. And since starting our relationship, we've lived in Hawaii, Rhode Island, Pennsylvania, and now Maine. Hawaii was a magical three years of being crazy in love in our late 20s, and exactly as incredible as you're probably imagining. Riding bikes to the beach, UH baseball games, and shenanigans with the most incredible best friends. It was a dreamy way to begin our life together. Rhode Island was next, and where we both grew up. In five years' time, we bought and renovated a house, got married, had two babies 22 months apart, and supported my parents as my dad's health went from bad to worse to scary. And then, the miracle of his transplant happened, and with it came a promotion for my husband, and a move to right outside of Philadelphia. Which... To be honest, felt so unfair at the time. How could I have been so much part of his illness, driving him to appointments and supporting them every day as my mom still worked full time, and not be there to be part of his wellness journey? But a change in trajectory was already in place for me. And with the news of transferring to Philly, my husband suggested I go to art school, which just floored me. I was a stay-at-home military wife. I didn't realize there was room in our budget or our schedule for something like that. His work always came first. But he pushed, and I started a graphic design certificate program at the University of the Arts. This feels like a good time to mention I also have a Bachelor of Science in Communicative Disorders from the University of Rhode Island. It's the undergrad for speech pathology, but the closest I got to using it was having a child with some speech challenges. I didn't even take an art class the entire time I was there. Which is why going to art school, even on this small scale of one night a week, was just so important to me. And although I was proud to be taking this opportunity to grow and stretch outside of my comfort zone, I quickly realized it was not what I was looking for and it wasn't serving me the way I thought. It was such a quick overview of all the Adobe programs that I was barely keeping my head above water. I hadn't been a student in a decade, over a decade. It started keeping me from making the pieces of work I really wanted to be making. I didn't want the certificate for some job or promotion. I wanted to have my own design company. I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to create and serve and be a creative entrepreneur, 
even if I didn't know what that was going to look like yet. So I committed to learning all the things I wanted to learn, to make the work I wanted to make, and left it all behind. Going to art school, even briefly, checked that box for me. And in that moment, I decided to claim that being self-taught is just as valid and headed to YouTube to learn all the things. And we were settling nicely into our four-year stay in Pennsylvania when my husband got promoted to senior chief, cutting our time there in half. And amidst a pandemic, we packed up our home and moved ourselves eight hours north. We chose to settle the final three years of his career in the Lakes region of Maine. We opted for space and trees and slowness and ease, hiking and canoeing and exploring, and 50 lakes in a 25-mile radius. We bought our second home in the woods, and it makes me so happy to think we are finally able to put down roots and really settle into our life without another move looming on the horizon. We've got eight wooded acres, no neighbors in sight, and all the space we need. There is nothing more fun than creating trails and bridges and places to hang out all over our property. This is truly a special place to us. I'm sitting at my desk recording this, looking out at our trees, birch, hemlock, oak, beech, white pine, all just barely coming to life as spring is slowly creeping back in. We made it through our first winter as Mainers and actually can't wait to get our snowshoes back on. We've figured out how to enjoy each season, and I think there's a special magic in that. No more complaining or wishing away the seasons, just appreciating what we just walked through and excitement for what's to come. And maybe I'm emerging from winter with an extra glow because I know I've changed. I've shifted yet again, and the wintering that came from this last season has welcomed in something so beautiful and new and special inside me. You see, this past year was especially heartbreaking. And I know we've all endured unthinkable hardships with this pandemic. But on top of that, my mom was very ill and in crisis for a long time. And it put a strain on my soul I didn't know I could bear. I thought watching my dad slowly die of liver disease was horrible, but watching my family suffer as we all tried to support her through such a chaotic time felt like both suffocating inside a house fire and watching it burn from the outside all at the same time. I had a constant burning in my left shoulder and was swimming in panic and anxiety for months straight. I was holding on so tight trying to get my mom the help she so desperately needed, even if she didn't want any of it, keeping everyone in the loop of the ever-changing chaos, shielding my children from disorder and confusion, and supporting my dad as his world was burning to the ground. It was all just too much. And during this time, I was also trying my hardest to launch this podcast. I've had this on my heart for a few years now and was trying to get it out into the world, but I just didn't have anything left in me. I was frayed at all of my edges and needed to give myself permission to set it all down, to let myself off the hook and just tend to myself. I needed to let go and let it be easy. 
so I set it all down. I stopped making and creating and just rested. I took the pressure off and just breathed. I focused on being present for my children and myself and my husband. I chose to honor my needs and infuse more play into my days. I decided to really go quiet and create space between myself and the chaos. And you know what happened? At the end of the second week of radio silence, I started getting these downloads, like little peaks behind the curtain. I started getting sparks of inspiration and intuitive hits, one after another after another. I started feeling like I had outgrown my little design company all of a sudden and a bigger mission and vision and purpose was coming through. I started journaling and speaking out loud that maybe I'd outgrown Dutch Door Design Co. Maybe I needed to be standing tall and fully shine my light. Maybe I needed to fully embrace being a multi-passionate and show people what it's like to honor our creative selves. I had just walked through one of the most awful and heart-wrenching experiences of my life, and only through nourishing my creative self was I able to pull myself through it and shine on the other side. The ideas just kept coming, so I grabbed a stack of sticky notes and I just listened. One morning, as I sipped my coffee, something major shifted inside. I was thinking about how I'm so good at starting creative routines, but not so great at following through with them. I'd tend to fall off the bandwagon, and shame inevitably creeped in with the unpleasant reminder that I couldn't stick with anything. But that morning, I realized it wasn't a flaw at all. It was a superpower. I was jump-starting my creativity and re-engaging with my creative self. And what I finally allowed myself to see was that I wasn't falling off the bandwagon at all, but rather pausing and pivoting into something I wanted to do even more. The initial spark had created space for something even better to come forward. Right? Do you see that slight shift? It's so good. And after I turned that story I had been telling myself upside down and on its head, I started getting hits to excavate other old narratives and rewrite those too. Now, I see being a multi-passionate creative as such a gift in my life. I get to co-create with my creativity in as many ways as we can dream up. I get to follow a spark of inspiration and take inspired action with confidence. I get to share my message and connect with others in endless ways. I used to turn away from my ideas and interests, telling myself that I've got to get through this project or master that before taking on another hobby. I used to feel overwhelmed with the amount of ideas flying through my brain. But now, I embrace it. I am confident and proud of my inner creative. You see, we all have a creative self. I believe it's what makes us uniquely human. And just like taking care of our physical and mental health, I believe that tending to our creative self is an important part of our overall well-being. And when we nurture our inner creative and really honor that part of us, we become a safe, fertile place 
for inspiration to land. Ideas trust us that we will help them come forward into a physical world. When we rest and play and seek the things that delight us, we are nourishing our inner creative and we show her that she is worthy of stepping forward and shining her light. Okay, of course there are a hundred stories that led me to this very moment, but I'm going to share one last piece of this puzzle and save the rest for future episodes. My favorite one of all, the story of Coco. My real name is Courtney. I didn't like it growing up and I always wanted a nickname. Through adulthood, I secretly longed for the intimacy and story of a good nickname. But the tricky thing about that is that you can't assign yourself one. Not a good one, at least. I've always imagined it to be more of a crowning or bestowing. And unfortunately for me, that opportunity just never happened. Of course, there's always court, but that didn't feel like enough for me. But one day, while living in Hawaii, it happened. It took 28 years to get there, but I finally got the assignment. I was having a beautiful afternoon at Kona Brewing Company with my cousin and his girlfriend who were visiting, and a couple we were friendly with, enjoying food and beers when somehow it came up that I've always wanted a nickname. Suddenly, someone threw out the name Coco, and the table exploded in cheers. Everyone loved it. It fit, and I had been assigned. I was glowing as we paid our tab and headed off to a tiny beach where the movie From Here to Eternity was filmed. We parked up at the road and climbed down a staircase of rocks to the most perfect cerulean cove. And at the back of the beach was a large drainage pipe to let the rain from the mountains rush underneath the highway. You could see a light at the other end, and we all decided to climb through to see what was on the other side. Of course, the beers made the decision nice and easy, and we started in. I got halfway through before a claustrophobic feeling settled in my chest, and realizing I had to climb through an even smaller space to exit the tunnel, I started to panic. I had never experienced a feeling like this and began freaking out. I can't do it! I can't! I I can't! And just like that, I heard, Coco, you've got this. You can do this. You are Coco, and you can do anything. Gabe was there right behind me, ushering me through. It was enough to push me through the fear and make the final crawl to the outside. And here's where it gets magical. As soon as I popped out on the other side, as I was gasping for air and pulling myself together, we were all struck with what was in front of us. We couldn't believe our eyes. There was a boulder a yard or two from the exit, and it had the word COCO scratched onto it in big letters. Seriously, C-O-C-O. And something in that moment spoke to us, and we all felt like COCO was born. In that moment, like a sign from the universe. I had been assigned. I finally had a nickname. But there was just one problem. My now husband, Tim, had not been there for the birth of Coco. He was off working while we were frolicking and drinking and making magic. At that time, he was working on a 300-foot ship and would be underway for months at a time. 
When I saw him a week later, I announced I was now Coco and gleefully recounted her birth story. He replied with a flat, I'm not calling you that. I think it was a combination of feeling left out of the fun and also his association with Ice-T's wife that made him turn up his nose. I was so disappointed because if he wasn't on board, my person, my love, my life partner, then what was the point? That was 10 years ago, and over the last decade, I have retold that story so many times. My sweet friend in Philly even made her kids start calling me Mama Coco because I was so bummed it just never stuck. So when I started to outgrow my old brand and got the download to start shining my light and step fully into my creative self, I heard myself say, should I be Coco? Is that what she's been waiting for this whole time? For me to claim being a multi-passionate creative, really nurture my creative self and lead others back to theirs? Was I not ready for her until now? Coco is the biggest, brightest, shiniest, most creative and joyful version of myself. And as I build this brand and share my message with you, I am stretching and reaching for the high vibration Coco brings to this space. And yes, I think she was waiting for me, patiently in the wings as I walked through every bit of my journey so I could learn and grow. I wouldn't change any of it, and I'm so glad she's here. This podcast is my baby, a labor of love and a place to come when your creativity needs a drink, when your creative self is feeling a bit dehydrated and needs a good soaking, where you can come for inspiration and real conversations about the nuances of living a creative life, and a place to be reminded of your incredible ability to tap into your inner creative at all times. She's always there for us, a part of us that needs nurturing and attention, warmth, openness, and love. In all that I do, I want you to see me leaning in, ignoring the fear trying to keep me safe and convincing me to stay inside my comfort zone. I want you to see me honoring my uniqueness and all of my passions by trying new things, doing it messy, and taking inspired action. I want you to know that none of this is easy, but the more I show up for my creativity, the more my creative self shines. I want you to see me playing and following inspiration, resting and restoring my energy, and seeking the things that delight me every day. I want to honor all this by structuring the podcast in a way that feels sustainable and keeps me in a back and forth rhythm of creating and playing and then pausing and resting. In everything I do and build here, I need it to feel good and spark joy. I know you can feel it when it happens, and cultivating that in my business is really important to me. So, let's break it down. The podcast is going to have 10-week seasons, two episodes a week, 10 conversations all about creativity, and 10 solo episodes unpacking and processing all the stuff that comes with strengthening my creative relationship with myself. And then, a pause three weeks off. 
There may be bonus stuff, but mostly I'll be refilling my tank, re-energizing myself for the next season. It's okay to pause, and even though everyone else is doing it a different way, even though experts say consistency is so important, and what about the algorithm, blah blah blah, I want to do this in a way that nourishes me and my creative self. I want to be an example to you that you can build something and incorporate rest. You can reach and grow and pause to restore. Each season will have a theme, a golden thread running through each and every episode. And in the spirit of embracing my multi-passionate self, I'll be tapping into one of my favorite creative skills, hand lettering, and create a beautiful piece of artwork for each season. My intention for this artwork is that if you feel connected to this season, to the theme and to the message, you'll feel inspired to bring the energy and vibration into your home. Like I have done with all the work I've made for myself to get me to this point, I want to share that energetic up-level with you too. Frame and place the artwork in a space that you can engage and enjoy it as you move throughout your day. Let it be a reminder to you to reconnect with its message and nudge you back into alignment. I pour into each piece with my heart and soul, every iteration, every pencil sketch and brush stroke. And my hope is that you can feel that loving vibration too. You can find this season's artwork over at CocoTheInspirationist.com. Please tag me on Instagram when you hang it up. I can't wait to see how you style it in your home. And if you're not following me on Instagram, come on over. I'm always sharing and making and creating. Come check out what it's like to be a multi-passionate and watch me pour into my creative self as I encourage you to do the same. And if this work speaks to you, if you like what I'm creating and feel that someone could benefit from nurturing their creative self too, there are a few ways you can support this mission that don't cost a thing. Take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories and tag me, at Coco the Inspirationist. That gives people in your algorithm a chance to see this work too. Subscribe to this podcast so you can be notified when the episodes drop and you won't miss a thing. Subscribing really helps the show and is a super easy way to help out. And finally, most importantly, rating and reviewing. Preferably an Apple podcast, but wherever you're listening to is fine by me. It's the reviews that really help get this message out to larger audiences And I truly believe that if more people honor their inner creative and spend more time nourishing their creative self, our world would be a whole lot more beautiful. DM me a screenshot of your review, and as a thank you, I'll send you one of my favorite lettering pieces from this year for you to print out at home. One last thing. Thank you for being here. This podcast has been on my heart for two years now, and I'm so happy you're joining me on this journey. I hope this gives you permission to lean into your creativity and tend to your creative self. I need you to know that you are worthy of all those beautiful ideas you have and are welcome here just as you are. You are enough, and I love you. Okay, episode one in the books. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs>